God's word produces life from the dead. Those who are spiritually dead, those who don't know him, that's what we mean by being spiritually dead. Our spirit is not attuned to God at all. We don't know God. We're separated from him because of our sin. We haven't a clue as to who he is or what, or what he does, but he begins to speak to us through his word. Yeah. And uh, his word produces new life in dead spirits. People, uh, we talk about the walking dead. <laughs> well, there's a lot of walking dead people in the world today who have the life of this world but do not have God's life mm -hmm. because they do not have God's word in them. So today we have my dad, Reverend David M. Johnson, bringing the word on our Bible study, and it's going to be really, really good. Well, thank you, Nathaniel. It's good to be here, and I'm going to uh, share some notes that I've made on the beauty and the power of God's word. And we're going to start with the first uh, uh addition of that, the first uh, part, uh, the goal and the purpose of this is to highlight how unique and how important the Bible is. The Bible is a unique book. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and understanding and help for us and grace. For our daily walk and just thank you for for blessing us in this time in jesus name amen okay once again we're uh, talking about the power of god's word as we have it uh, available to us in the bible and i'm entitling it the power and the beauty of god's word we live in a age and in a time when uh, words are everywhere all around us, all the time, from the news media to literature to common everyday conversation. And it's good for us once in a while just to reflect and pause and to ask ourselves, what are these words that we are hearing? Um, where, do, where, do they, where do they come from? What do they do for us? The words that we hear, speak, and read from, they come from our mind and heart. Most of what we hear in everyday uh, parlance and conversation is from people, or it's from uh, people recording their thoughts on the media. They express how we think, what our dreams, our hopes, our desires, our regrets, uh, the things that we yearn for. We reflect all of these thoughts in the words that uh, surround us, human-based words. And because these words come from us, from our mind and heart, there's always plenty of room for debate and for conjecture. And so we have the, the, the multitude of various platforms and discussions, discussion groups. And uh, all that's good in many ways as people inter interact with each other and as we agree and as we disagree uh, and the common search in the midst of all of this is to find out what's really true 
common words written and spoken are a search for what is real, for what is true in life. Now we need to contrast this with God's word, which is very, very different. God's word is the other side of the coin, shall we say, from human words. God's word is qualitatively different. It's wonderful. And it comes, his words come from his heart. Yes. Because when he speaks and causes his words to be written, they come with an authority and a power that's unmatched anywhere by anyone. And we need to grow in our appreciation for that and how that uh, truth in and of itself relates to the Bibles that all of us presumably have. Uh, most everyone has at least one Bible in their, in their home. Uh, many do not, but the majority of people, I would say, have a Bible within access uh, to them someplace, their home or uh, where they, near where they live. Whenever Jesus spoke, people noted the difference the qualitative authoritative difference between his words and the words of other people, yeah. such as the teachers of the law. It became very obvious to the crowds that uh, Jesus' words were very, very different from anything they had ever heard before. For example, in Matthew 7, verses 28 and 29, when Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. And this uh, is noted in, in other places in the Gospels as well. For example, in John chapter 7, uh, verses 32 and 45 and 46, uh, that occasion the, chief, the officers of the temple were sent by the chief priests to arrest Jesus. And uh, this is getting close now toward, uh, to the end of his earthly ministry, but... It was not yet time for him to be taken in by the authorities. Jesus repeatedly said, uh, my time is not yet, my time has not come. And this was one of those occasions when uh, the people sent to arrest him came back empty-handed. And they were questioned by the Pharisees, why didn't you bring him in? And their response, no one ever spoke like this man. They were, they were astonished at the way uh, Jesus spoke. And of course, uh, Jesus' words came from his Father in heaven. Every word of his came with the authority of his Father. And it's John's gospel who uh, highlights this for us in, in a very particular way. For example, John 5:19, Jesus said, Truly, truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Son does, whatever, excuse me, whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. John 5, 19. And then uh, we have in John 14, verse 10, Jesus saying, The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So everything that Jesus said and did came from his Father in heaven. And we have that moment... Uh, when Jesus was transfigured on the mount with his three disciples there and they heard the Father speak, uh, this is my beloved Son, listen to him, the words of the Father from heaven. Three words 
with a few more words. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And that was, that was the directive that the disciples and all of us are given to listen to what Jesus says. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that the, that the difference between God's word and people's word is huge. Uh, it's totally the other side of the coin as we, as we spoke earlier. Um, when God speaks, we hear authority speaking. Yes. When God speaks, we hear nothing of conjecture or maybe or I suppose it could be. We hear nothing of nothing theoretical or uh, imaginary. God speaks truth. And he speaks truth all the time. Yes. Psalm 29 illustrates this in a beautiful way. The, the majestic voice of God. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. Verses 4 and 7 from Psalm 29. And then we think of God's voice on Mount Sinai. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 verses 18 to 21. Where uh, the Israelites were trembling with such fear. And the Lord descended upon Mount Sinai and began to speak that they began to plead with Moses, tell him uh, we, to stop. We cannot, we cannot uh, tolerate his voice any longer. You go and talk to, to him and then come and tell us what he, tell, what he says to you, which is exactly what Moses did. And the Lord was pleased with that reaction from the Israelites because it showed that they feared him and that they trembled in awe of him and his voice and so he only said uh, uh, a few things there in uh, Exodus 20 in the hearing of all the people but the rest of it he spoke directly to Moses when Moses went up on the mountain for the 40 days and 40 nights and he did that two times you recall so the majestic authoritative voice of God and again this is reflected uh, and written down for us in our Bibles. Mm -hmm. The word, God's word produces life from the dead. Uh, those who are spiritually dead, those who don't know him, that's what we mean by being spiritually dead. Our spirit is not attuned to God at all. We don't know God, we're separated from him because of our sin. We haven't a clue as to who he is or what, or what he does, but he begins to speak to us through his word. Yeah. And uh, his word produces new life in dead spirits. People, uh, we talk about the walking dead. <laughs> well, there's a lot of walking dead people in the world today who have the life of this world but do not have God's life mm -hmm. because they do not have God's word in them. Yeah, let's read um, 2 Timothy 3.16. Mm -hmm. we're, we're coming to that. Right here. Yeah. And uh, we'll be getting to this one a little later on, but for right now, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Yes, that's, uh, thank you, Nathaniel. That's key for everything we're considering here because that's another pillar truth that uh, really is foundational for our understanding of, of God's Word. And we either believe that or we don't. Yes, <laughs> that's true. And if, if God uh, is at work in our lives, we're going to believe that, even though we may have questions at the beginning, but we will end up agreeing with that passage of Scripture mm-hmm. because it speaks uh, truth. So God's Word then produces life from the dead. Those who are spiritually dead, the walking dead, as I said earlier, right now, people who don't know God, don't have his word in their heart, once his word enters and his word is received and believed, they become born again. Yes. Through, uh, through that word, as Peter tells us in his letter. Now God's word also in the future uh, produces life from the dead physically. There's going to be a physical resurrection of the body at the end of the age, as the Bible clearly teaches. Jesus speaks about both of those realities in John chapter 5, uh, verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour hour is coming and is now here. When the dead, in the first instance, uh, talking about the spiritually dead, will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. And then later on in that same passage, he talks about the physical resurrection from the dead when he returns to judge the world at the end of time. Now, an example of the first uh, kind of resurrection would be the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, she, you may recall the story of the woman who came at about noon to get water from Jacob's well. And Jesus was sitting there and asked her for a drink of water. And at the, whole, the fourth chapter of John's Gospel is a conversation between this woman and Jesus. We heard Jesus speak, and she received the living water that he was speaking about. She became spiritually alive. She was born again through hearing and receiving his word into our heart. And uh, she went back and told her village, could this be the Messiah? And of course, uh, uh, it was the Messiah, and Jesus himself identified himself in that way to her. She said, we believe that Messiah is coming. Uh, and Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. Wow, what a revelation to her at that moment. So God's word, in contrast then to uh, the words that we hear in, this, in the world from libraries and libraries filled with books, God's word produces new life in those who hear and receive it. All the great all the great literature and words of this world cannot do this. A uh, short time ago, I was listening to a clip on YouTube of a 97-year-old uh, philosopher who had been an academician and a professor for his whole life. And uh, this little clip shows him speaking rather slowly and kind of almost muttering his words, but uh, he still hadn't discovered truth. He was still wondering what this life is all about. He, he's had a uh, very mm. nice gentleman, you know, in many ways, very kind, uh, loving, uh, grandfatherly, grandfatherly person. Uh, but here at the age of 97, he was still wondering, well, 
What is truth? What's this life all about? He hadn't discovered it. And so in the midst of his great learning, PhD in philosophy and the, the author of many books, still hadn't found it. Still looking for truth, looking for the meaning of life, and it was still eluding him. And that's so very, very sad after all those nine and almost, uh, almost 100 years of life and never having found yet the truth. Well, such is not the case for those who encounter the living God through his word, as we have it recorded in scripture. All the great literature, as I've said, in the words of this world cannot uh, create new life within us. When, but when God's word touches our heart, not just our mind, there's a difference between the mind and the heart, yes. the soul and the spirit. Yes. When God's word touches our heart, it produces new life through a faith relationship with God. <laughs> Jesus tells us very clearly, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. John 14, verse 23. And Jesus also says, uh, concerning the Holy Spirit, he dwells with you and will be in you. And in that same section, Jesus says, I will not leave you alone, but I will send a comforter. One, one of several words uh, referring to the Holy Spirit to instruct you and to be with you forever. And he will remind you. And that's one of the key things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He reminds us of everything that Jesus said and did. That's why we have the scriptures before us. Uh, the Holy Spirit reminded and brought to mind uh, the things that we have written down in Scripture, instructing those who wrote Scripture, uh, yes. what God said and did through his people from the Old Testament times all the way through the New Testament. So he dwells with you and will be in you. Now those are two key concepts there. He is with us. That refers to someone who is round about us, but he's also in us inside our physical body who's in our heart the precious holy spirit the triune god then lives in us at uh, verse 23 of that same chapter verse 14 says anyone loves me and follows me i and my father will come to him and we will reside in him yes. and the triune god lives within us such is the new life that we receive from God and his word. It dwells within us. So we need to understand in this first instance and in this first uh, uh, study that I'm putting forth here, the huge difference between the Bible and all the other literature in the world. Yes. There are libraries and libraries everywhere of books that come from human minds and uh, the inspiration of human beings Many of them, the great, many of them, uh, great artists in terms of uh, putting words and stories and tales together and putting them in book form. But nothing can compare with the Bible mm -hmm. that we have. The literature and the words of this world pass away, but God's word remains forever. Jesus said, uh, Matthew twenty-four, verse thirty-five: Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will will not pass away. 
Amen. And Peter underscores that uh, in chapter 1, 1 Peter 1, 23 to 25. Uh, this world passes away, but God's word remains forever. And so just to get a grasp on that one concept and one great truth, the unique place of the Bible, the unique place of the Word of God over against all the other literature of the world is something we need to lay hold upon and appreciate. And when we do, we value uh, our Bibles more than we ever have before because we come to understand that it's uh, God's work in the Holy Scriptures meant for, for us and for the changing of our lives and the renewal and indeed the salvation of our souls as we hear and receive what he's uh, put there for us. So we've come to the end then of this first study as we are, are talking about the power and the beauty of God's word, much more yet to be said. Amen. Lord bless you.